Uh, you guys ready to uh, ready to die? <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, uh, dive in, dive in. <laughs> I'm ready to die. <laughs> I'm ready. I was born ready. <laughs> As we find ourselves back in the Vermilion Expanse, back in Glorthalion, you guys look around in this dark forest lit by two moons, one yellow and pale, one orange and red with a large chunk taken out of it. This, the shadows around you are being cast in strange and unfamiliar directions, and you hear the crunching of dry leaves around you. As one, two, three, four, five creatures begin to come out of the shadows. Jaimal, your spectacles that have come over your face uh, with a heads-up display in front of you show a pulsing radar blip of these five creatures getting closer and closer and closer as the AI that seems to be coming through the hearing aids that have found their way into your ears. <laughs> Air field activated. Fallen detected. You see three. You see five pulses on this heads-up display coming coming towards you. Three of them a little bit paler, and two of them pulsing a little faster than the others, seeming to be highlighted as you kind of flick your eyes over to them. A like circle uh, on the heads-up display comes up and <laughs> seems to like scan over those two dots. It goes Fair. Gold. Detected. And as the shadows and the trees begin to sway, these creatures get closer and closer and you see their destroyed and partially metallic faces. These are zombified entities that are a combination of flesh and metal. Their faces covered up with slabs of metal. Their bodies partially ripped open in places. One of them is missing an arm. One of them has like hair all the way down to their ankles. It seems to be this like stringy and thin hair. All of them, their mouths open. To two, three times the size of what should be capable they look at you. You have a moment of realization. You know exactly where you are. You know exactly what these things are. And you know that there's only one thing the fallen ever feel. Hunger. And they rush forward towards you guys. This is the time we're going to be starting our very first combat. Terrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> uh, so combat in this game, rather than rolling initiative, we're going to start by just uh, finding out who has the highest dexterity. Um, so does anyone have dexterity four? Anyone have oh. three? I have three. Yeah, I, have I have three. three. I also have three. Oh my God, we oh. all have three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're a very dexterous group. <laughs> um, so I you guys have two. You guys will kind of be <laughs> in a clump yet. and you guys can decide. Um, anyone with equal numbers can decide when to go. As you feel these things rush forward towards you, uh, Anna, Kelly, Enoch, and Jay, you guys look to each other, feel these new bodies around you, feeling incredibly capable and powerful, and most importantly, in this very moment, quick. You guys are first to act. Who wants to start amongst you guys? Um, I'm not going to think, because that's not my my way. Hell yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Anna, aka Viper with a Y goes I don't know if you guys can see or not but watch this 
and then spins around really fast, like does like a like a drop down and then like ninja martial arts spin <laughs> and and trying to uh, kick up dirt to like blind create like a brief Ooh. shield to blind the the fallen. Oh, I love that. Um, I'll say go ahead and make a dexterity roll. Okay, so how many dice do I roll? Just the 1d6? So since your dexterity is 3, you're going to roll 3d6. This is a, a kind of a pass-fail system. 1, 2, 3 is a fail. 4, 5, 6 is a success. Any 6s you get are a special. Uh, so that means they'll be like something a little bit better. Or you can activate a special ability on your character sheet. Because you're not doing just a straight attack, because you're trying to do this like blinding shield type thing, I'm going to mm-hmm. say the difficulty here is 0. If you get at least 1 success, you will succeed. Anything more than that, you'll get to kind of narrate a little bit extra about what you're able to do. Cool. Uh, so go ahead and roll Let's your D6. Go. I got a six, yeah. a two, and a one. Hell yeah. Oh, and I'd say <laughs> since, you're, since you're doing this, at you're being a little foolish in this moment. You're going right away. You're acting without thinking. Go ahead and roll your full dice as well. Oh, okay. Let Ooh. me Which I believe the one. should start with one circle on it. Yes, I have a circle around the three. Hell yeah. Ooh, it's a one. Okay, so how many success? You, you had a six? I just had the one six. That was the success. Okay, you spin around, your foot flying on the ground. Anna has never moved this fast. For Viper, <laughs> you're feeling that this moment in this body, you're moving faster than you've ever considered in your mind you realize that Viper has a little bit more in her uh, than even you are finding in this moment. And Viper, as you kick this tornado of dust and debris, you fully blind three of the fallen coming at you. They kind of stumble and look around. With that six, because it was special, What's throw a little extra stank on this. What, what's something <laughs> else that, that Viper does in this moment? Um, once she spins around and the the tornado is settled. I think actually in the in the tornado, she actually kicked up some, there's like the ground is rockier than it looks at first. And so there's little like pebbles and stuff that hits them for like shrapnel damage kind of. Very cool. I'll say, you know what, with, with, a, with a special, <laughs> as the dust begins to clear, you see one of them is taking shrapnel in the face. You've managed wow. to hit like, like a small vein of like obsidian glass or something. And it is stabbed all throughout its face. Uh, it's going to take one hit. That fallen is already looking pretty fucked up. Oh, these things not necessarily particularly strong, but they are particularly ferocious. That's Viper's turn. Enoch, why don't we have you go next? Yeah, um, I think in this moment, seeing the opportunity that um, Viper just made with the dust cloud, I kind of want to take advantage of the. Um, veil that they created and just kind of like leap at one of the um fallen actually i want to go for the one with the shrapnel in its face absolutely and that one as quick as possible and grab it by the face um and use my magical death touch ah. hell yes i don't I remember how that works that. you use dex okay go ahead and roll yes. uh 3d6 crazy oh okay three four and a six Three, four, and six. That is two successes and Woo! one special. So you absolutely are going to hit 
as Viper kicks up this cloud, you see your opportunity to, to, to run forward, fly through this cloud. This Fallen has just taken shrapnel to the face. As it looks up, it just sees your visage coming through this smoke. As you slam your hand directly into its face, its head entirely explodes. <laughs> and the shrapnel from it with your special flies over and hits one of the nearby one, also wounding it for one. <laughs> Shrapnel <laughs> <Trapped no> squad. <laughs> you see this first fallen fall in front of you, completely decapitated, essentially. A fallen, fallen. A fallen, fallen, a indeed. Fallen. Fallen. <laughs> I kind of like shake my hand in surprise. That was cool. You feel this like pulse of energy come through you. You knew that something, there was some kind of power in this strike. As it hit, it is a terrifying moment of realization of just how strong you are. And I think you are also realizing, similar to Viper, that this is only one aspect of your strength. You feel a pleasing tickle in the back of your throat. You fly through, hit this one, explodes. Jaimal, can you do me a favor and roll a wisdom check? Uh, so go and roll 2d6. Or I'll say you can do wisdom or intelligence. You can choose. Uh, I think intelligence for you might be three. Yeah. I'll do intelligence. Uh, that's a six, two, and a three. With a six, as this head explodes, you see one of the yellow dots that was being like highlighted on your heads up display on your spectacles extinguish and as you look up you see a small glowing lump of golden glowing material fly through the air as it flies towards you you catch it in your hand and you look down your heads up display scans it real quick fair gold acquired you have in your hand a piece of fair gold. Uh, and I'm going to say it is your turn to act. <gasps> Hot dog, I have one of these gold thingies. Yum. 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 Yeah, eat it, eat it, man. Eat it. It's delicious. Should I, should I eat it? Eat it. Eat it. Uh, okay. Uh, I put it in my mouth. <laughs> 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 is it like guilt? It's chocolate gold. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe in this world. It, yeah, you, you, you grab it, you, you put it in your mouth, and you spit it back out. You unwrap it and find a piece of chocolate inside. Jaimo, <laughs> 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 what gift of the fair had you chosen? I I picked the pet. As you pop this thing in your mouth, you feel a surge of energy fly through you. You guys look around and behind you, the entire woods for a moment glows with this bright yellow and orange as sparks are flying out of Jayamal's mouth and like hitting all around him. And then as you look forward, you kind of like breathe forward, your sparks fly in front of you and begin to like 3D print a thing in front of you. As this light is blinding, you cannot see what is happening. You just see this like scanning of printing going all of the fallen kind of like shield their eyes <laughs> as they're momentarily blinded as the piece of fair gold is extinguished in your mouth and you find this 
gift of the fair in front of you. What do we see appearing in front of Jayamal? You see uh, a little squirrel-like creature <gasps> with some cat claws instead of wings now. Ooh. Uh, and I look at it and I, and I, I go, <gasps> Bingus! You see, you see the squirrel with cat claws kind of comes around and goes and like licks its paw and then flies over, literally jumps up, flies over to your shoulder and squirrels around your head. So it like runs all around your body and then lands on the top of your head and looks down on you. So you see this tiny uh, creature looking upside down and it just kind of tilts its head and goes. Bingus, my boy! Oh, I love you! And uh, Jay is, is crying right now. <laughs> you see Bingus kind of like flies to your shoulder and kind of like nuzzles into your shoulder real quick. And then you feel its claws momentarily sharpen on your shoulders as it, it looks up and sees a fallen running directly towards you. Its eyes go narrow, its whole body goes bushy, and its claws go out and out and out. And you okay. see Bingus, who should probably have these, like, you know, one and a half centimeter claws, has, like, two and a half inch, three inch claws extending from it. <laughs> uh, okay. What do you want to do? Bingus, uh... Eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat, Bingus. Can I, Bingus, can I have a kiss on the mouth? Uh, <laughs> it, it goes <laughs> <laughs> and you feel a very cold metallic kiss from this kind of like metal automaton bingus that is on you mm, yum <laughs> and then I'm like okay bingus go 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 get it go attack that thing <laughs> It flies off, <laughs> glides through the air, spins around this fallen. So the fallen kind of like looks up and glances at it. And then all of a sudden tucks into a killing dive and drives directly for it. Um, go ahead and roll a, make an intelligence check. And you can also add your D10 to this as well, since you're using your gift. Is it, is the killing dive, is it like trying to latch onto it? Or is it like a magical dive where all of its feet are pointed forward and it's got like claws or like in a needle almost. That's what I'm imagining. It like went up high in the air and is diving like a fucking peregrine falcon. So just like getting to maximum speed. And as (laughs) it reaches that speed and gets to the point of like no return, it fully flings itself back. At at this angle, five of its six ends are extremely pointy. (laughs) (laughs) With only the tail flying back, fully booshed behind it, which is like metallic. Because remember, this is all metal, so it's like just needles. Flies for Jaimal, what'd you roll? Uh, A two, two, five. My my paragon dice, five. That's two successes. You see Bingus flies through this thing. You see an impact in the ground and like a bunch of dust settle this fallen kind of looks you see it like from the in profile it turns to you and there's just a full hole in its face it falls over having taken two hits dead Ha! bingus that's my boy (laughs) it looks up at you its face like covered in viscera and just goes (laughs) (laughs) cute 
That's Jaimal Kelly. It's your turn. Kelly. She's very impressed with all of her friends. And I do think that she's feeling very, like, trusting of the amount where she's like, oh, this is a little scary, but also like, we're back, baby, and like strong and excited. So um, can I say my emotional scale is at one? The first level of trust is admiration. And I think seeing this display from your <laughs> friends immediately, decisively, you definitely feel that in this moment. So yeah, you're you're at one. Excellent. Okay, cool. Um, so wait, then I have a question about just like mechanics. I have an answer about mechanics. That's <laughs> um, So can I do my, if I do like my stance, is that my turn? Uh, or is, can which, I like- Which is your stance? Uh, bodyguard. No, that's just like active. It's essentially a passive ability. Oh, cool. Um, okay. That if someone does an attack to a nearby ally, you can take that attack instead. Cool. Okay. So, uh, so no, you have a full attack you can do. Excellent. So I'm going to, so there's, we've, we've destroyed two in front of us, but there are three more coming from behind. There is, there are two more coming from behind. There's one still in front of you that, that was damaged by the shrapnel from uh, right. Enoch's exploding head attack. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's head exploded, but it's not dead. No, no, no. That one's dead. That (laughs) one's dead. The nearby one took like skull shrapnel. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Classic move. Uh, All right. Uh, Kelly, I'm going to take my ice axe and uh, just kind of go full like berserk. Did I say I have one ice axe or did I say I have two? Uh, You said one, but we can can retcon it. Yeah, I think she's It could be one of those... It, yeah, it, split it, it, split, it detaches into two. Yeah. Ooh, like a double-headed one. And your mom one. and dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, wait. <laughs> yes, yes, we're going backwards. It's a double-headed one that can work as one, or I could split it into two. Uh, and they are Bob and Suzanne. <laughs> um, and so I'm going to like take them and, and do like a very cool... It's the kind of thing where it like looks like you're spitting a baton, but when they're ice axes, it's intimidating. <laughs> and then For I'm sure. just gonna try yeah. to take them and basically come together, like have both ends hit either side of the head of the the fallen that already has some damage. You look back to your friends, you see them handily taking care of the fallen in front of you. You turn around, full confidence that they are gonna be fine behind you. A feeling that for sure Kelly has not felt in some time. Mm -hmm. It feels a little odd. There's still a little tingle of worry, but it's being pushed down. And as you run forward with a single ice axe, the one of the fallen in front of you kind of like moves to one side, anticipating your blow. Your hands separate. The ice axe almost like connected (laughs) by strong, you know, neodymium metals separates into two and you hear a voice in your head go oh honey you're doing so good split into two voices and you hear you hear you hear your mom on the left oh honey you're doing so good and your dad going wait a minute where am i (laughs) as you fly forward towards this fallen and try to bisect it with these two things um go ahead and roll because you have an elegant weapon, you're rolling yeah. your dexterity pool. You cool. can also roll your DH because you're attacking with your sacred weapon. <laughs> the elegance oh. of the ice axe. All right, so that's a one, a six, a six, and an eight. Holy Jesus. shit. Jesus. <laughs> um, Pretty good. Kelly's having a good day, man. A, a one, a, a Jesus. Okay. Um, <laughs> I got a... I gotta look this up. Wait, okay. Yeah, I have a question about the the sixes for specials. Mm-hmm. Like, do you subtract that from your success pool? 
No, so it counts as a success. It's just kind of like a extra, like a special success. Okay, cool. So Abby, <laughs> uh, on your on your special, you get to recover two guard. Uh, you haven't lost any guard, but since you rolled two sixes, I'm going to say for this battle, you just have an extra guard. So your guard goes oh, cool. from... Oh, so it goes from three to four. Like yeah. I get bonus HP right yeah, now. Yeah, you rolled two sixes and you maxed out your <laughs> D8. You absolutely earned that shit. <laughs> yeah. Is your guard, is that extra guard in a thin sheet of ice that covers you? Oh yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I've just got a very cool icy blue sheen to me now. My hair is like a little bit of that. It's it's when snow is falling and it lands and it looks pretty for a second. You can kind of see the snowflakes before your hair is just like wet and cold. <laughs> <laughs> You guys hear behind you, Kelly running forward. You, for a moment, don't stop hearing footsteps. Jay, you momentarily like turn around and see what's happening. You see Kelly flying through the air and flies right past this fallen and lands in like a cool-ass fucking stance, apparently having not struck at all. And then you see the fallen stop and slide into three separate pieces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also... Um, I think in the world of Glorthalion, Kelly still goes by Kelly, but she spells her name K-E-L-L-I. It's like a little more loosey-goosey. It's like nice. chill. Oh, nice. I love that. That's great. <laughs> Kelly with an eye lands on one knee, axes <laughs> slung to either side, and you hear the voices of your parents in your head. Oh, wow. That was so good. Oh, darling. darling that was great. Great job. Great job. Now, where am I again? you guys land with another fallen fallen Kelly to one side of you there is still a fallen that begins to run towards you and Drac the fallen immediately to your left that had taken a bunch of shrapnel to the face all of a sudden turns to you mouth agape and dives forward attempting to bite you Enoch, what is your defense? Oh, my defense is zero. Defense is zero. So it rolls 2d6. It rolled a three and a four. That is one success. You feel, as you push your hand up to try to grab this thing's maw, force it away from you, you feel these sharp dagger-like claws grab onto your shoulder and dig deep in. (sighs) For a moment you feel this you cry out in an immediate moment of pain of surprise Ugh. that first bit of pain echoes throughout the forest throughout the vermilion expanse you guys each hear that shot of pain and for a moment you guys each even seem to feel it you guys have been handily taking care of these things feeling as powerful as you were, feeling maybe you were even more powerful than you've shown. And all of a sudden it hits you again. This is not just a game. These things can attack too. You feel this dig into you. Enoch, you're going to lose one guard. Can Kelly, are we within um, five feet of each other? Oh, it's within arm's reach. Have I moved too far away? I'm going to say for your attack, you probably had to go and and get this guy. Okay. But I'll say kind of at the end of your move, you kind of are running back towards the group, uh, preparing yourself in case this happens again. 
Yeah, I think Kelly's immediate move is like, this was really cool, good. Let's go stand very close to Ned. <laughs> because I'm concerned about poor Ned. As you run Thank close you. to Ned, you feel the claws and and hands of the nearby fallen run towards you and grab onto you, attempting to grapple you in some way and bring you to the ground. It's going to go and roll an attack. Oh, they do get advantage. Uh, it rolled a one, a four, and a five. Kelly, as you are running back, you feel a claw drag down your back, a second claw drag down your back through this diaphanous gown that you're wearing, and you feel a crisscross of slashes down your back. You're going to take two hits. If my defense is one, do I only take one hit? Yes, because your defense is one. I rolled two successes. I've got a beat. It's it's however much I beat you by. Cool. So since you rolled two hits, you're only going to take one hit. So my guard is going down from four to three. That is correct. Excellent. You run towards the group, and all of a sudden you guys find yourself back to back again, surrounding yourself. There are two more falling, closing in on you. And Ned, you find yourself with your giant arcane sensor, newly found muscled body and that ever-present faint tinkling of a whisper in the back of your head. Oh man, can't wait to see what happens. Uh, Ned, it's your turn. What do you want to do? Um, I, I want to blast... I want to blast one of these guys. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll blast the one that, that hit uh, Kelly because Kelly was there to protect me and she got hurt. And so uh that's not gonna that's not gonna fly <laughs> for me. Hell yeah. Go ahead and roll um your wisdom dice pool and then you can add your D twelve to it because you're doing your blast. Uh alright, I got a five and a six. Hell yeah. Uh, That's two hits and a special. As you turn around, you see this thing slash into Kelly as she stumbles forward, taking a defensive position near you. Your hands fly up. Uh, What do we see as you blast this thing into oblivion? Well, there's all this shrapnel in the air. um, (laughs) As we've already established. As we've already established, there's all this shrapnel in the air. And so uh, as, as as I raise my hands... And uh, connect to the the flow of whatever energy controls this world. The shrapnel in the air suddenly starts swirling in a vortex and just comes plowing into this thing from behind. Wow. You raise your hands, create this vortex, and as it flies forward, you see it fly forward and absolutely tear this thing asunder. It is riddled with holes from this various bits of like obsidian shrapnel that seems to be inherent in the floor of the Vermilion Expanse. But somehow you get the sense that it's almost like that was always fated to happen. As you allow this thing to fly and release it, Ned, in this moment you feel not a sense of good luck or bad luck, but a sense of control, a sense of just pure knowledge of what is happening. Yeah. That I think Ned probably hasn't felt in quite some time, if ever. Ever, yeah. (laughs) In his whole life. (laughs) I was in the right place at the right time. 
not only in the right <laughs> place at the right time. I feel like Ned, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. You've probably stumbled into the right place at the right time every now and then. Mm. But not only that, you're in the right place at the right time with all the ability in the world to accomplish what you wanted. Hell yeah. You feel this power. This thing flies backwards, scattered into 20 or 30 pieces that litter the floor of the Vermilion Expanse. As you turn around, sensor slowly kind of swirling around your head, this light mist of incense flying out from it. As you hear that tinkling in the back of your head. Oh yeah, I saw that coming. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. The entire time Ned was doing that, Jayamal had his eyes closed and he was like covering Bingus to just in case something bad happened. You have Bingus fully covered in your arms. Bingus is kind of very aware of what you're doing and like curls into a very neat ball. And as you kind of open up your arms after this attack, you see that Bingus has formed into an actual full metal sphere, like a seamless sphere. Um, and you kind of hold it up and then the head almost like with no, this is just a solid metal, you know, sphere and a seam appears and its head pops up and it looks at you and goes, okay. And just licks you with this cold metal tongue. Bingus is perfect in every way. (laughs) Yep. We will all die for Bingus. (laughs) Absolutely. You guys look around you and see four fallen, fallen around you. And in front of you, one littered with bits of shrapnel still moving towards you. The five of you line up side by side, shoulder to shoulder, more powerful than each of you has ever been in your entire lives. You see this thing look at its fallen comrades, look at you, and you see its eyes are entirely undaunted, uncaring. It moves forward without thought, rather with only one thought. Hunger. And it rushes forward. Top of the order, Viper. What do you do? I just spit at it. I just like, <laughs> go like, and then hawk a big loogie uh, and spit at it. And I'm hoping to like, yeah, yeah I don't know. It's it's a stupid thing to do. That's my character. Roll, yeah. roll me a dexterity check. Uh, make, okay. make your full dice. Okay. Uh, just with the fool dice? Uh, no, with with all your dexterity dice. Uh, oh, okay, and your, I'm and very your dumb, dice. so you're gonna have to remind me. No, how no, you're things good. Work all the time. We're all figuring out together. Um, <laughs> and last time I added a circle to my dice because to my fool dice. Yes. Uh, okay, that's four, two fours, a three, and a one. Two fours, three, and did you land on one of your circles? I did not. So I'm gonna add another circle. Wow. Hell yeah. Now I got three circles. Uh, so two fours, three, and one. That is two successes. You lean back as this thing rushes forward, hawk a loogie at it. It falls just <laughs> short, lands on a piece of slick obsidian. The fallen slips on it, flies in the air, flips upside down, and lands directly on a jutting up piece of obsidian directly through its head. Uh, it spasms for a moment and then falls still. <laughs> Holy shit. And I'll say... You got two successes out of that. It only needed one hit. As it hits the thing, Jayamal, you see as this piece of obsidian flies through its body, a, another piece of fair gold is ejected, flies up directly to you, and Bingus catches it in its little paws and hands it to you. <laughs> oh, Bingus, thank you. And I take it 
and put it in my mouth immediately. And I go, it tastes like butterscotch. (laughs) (laughs) You hold it in your mouth. You guys feel the heavy winds around you slowly settle for a moment. You look around and you see the yellow and the orange of one moon, the red and the orange of the moon with this massive bite taken out of it. You guys know where you are. You've been to the Vermilion Expanse before in previous adventures. It is surprisingly familiar to you. You also know what's nearby. There are a number of towns and places, things that you had been to a lot, things that places where you had kind of called home in previous games. Where do you guys choose to go? Um, so where do we think Danny went? Yeah, that's my question too. And I got a cool rogue's voice now. Because <laughs> I'm a cool rogue. Viper, I really like that voice for you. Yeah, it's a great Thanks. voice. Thanks, <laughs> Kelly with an eye. <laughs> yeah, because I'm chill now. Kelly with an eye. <laughs> Viper, like, runs her hands through her, like, orange triple mohawk. And then just looks to, uh, to Jay's character. Well, old man, you're usually the one to decide these kind of things. Where to next? Uh, don't like the old man. Uh, fuck. I mean, yeah. <laughs> do, do we want to fix that? Or did he choose that? Can you well, fix this? Do I, I, I don't know if I can do anything to help. Oh, God. Okay. Well, uh, we should go to Flitter Lake Village. I remember, remember that place? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Man I remember. remembers. Ned remembers well, I bet. Right, Ned? Yeah, I remember Flitter Lake Village. We got into that tavern ba- brawl. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. right. That's right. And, and, yeah, okay. It was a tavern ball, and then it was a tavern brawl. We made some social faux pas, and by we, I mean Ned. <laughs> but then he got us out of it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was I, fun. I also remember, uh, speaking of being old, there's, there's got to be a fountain of youth around here somewhere. Oh, sure. <gasps> hey, I, uh, wasn't that one of the quests that we went on? I don't know if it would be in, in Flitter Lake Village. But the, <gasps> the lake itself, I want to say the water had some kind of like special healing yeah. something so maybe if we find yeah. the source of it's the like lake a hot spring or something, right? <gasps> that makes yeah. sense that's why all the residents are like children from ages <laughs> 8 to 15 that and that's what made that bar brawl so crazy yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we just beat up a bunch of kids they're like 400 I mean, years old they look up. like they're 15 yeah. they, those 8 year olds had some wicked punches yeah. they, were rolling they were cruel in that 20s they're very mature yeah. but sound like children for some reason yeah it makes their insults sting that much worse yes. <laughs> they have the intuitiveness of teens nothing worse than a 13 year old flinging insults at you they were oh, so mean to us so so mean are we sure we want to go back there danny loved that place for some reason <laughs> <laughs> Always made us go there. I think he liked being mean to us. Yeah, he got to do a little kid voice and insult us. Yeah. Danny, Danny doesn't want to insult us. He, he loves insulting us. <laughs> he does love insulting us. In the game. That's right, that's right. Like, Danny wouldn't want to insult us, but 
Danny Ink or Stallion, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, I'm remembering some some mean things <laughs> that Danny maybe needed to get off his chest and used uh, <laughs> children to do so. I think that was the first time we had the whole squash it in the game thing. And I think it was just a bit more heavy handed. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Big time. Well, so, yeah, I think we should probably... Because Danny, maybe Danny's, like, waiting at the tavern for us. Where the bar? Yeah, with maybe. Some, some right. Ales and stuff. Just a, just yeah. a question. It, was that meant to... No one else got hurt, right? I got hurt. I thought it was going to be, like, um, um, like a kind of love tap kind of deal. I felt like they skewered my shoulder. <gasps> oh. So hey. felt really real? Yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I look down, do I, like, do I have a hole in my shoulder or anything like that? Like, what does it look like? You look down and your the the shirt you're wearing, like the tunic you're wearing, is torn and there's a large gash on your shoulder going from like the back all the way around to the front. It's a good like inch wide now as it's like kind of split open. It's bleeding, like you, you've, you've put some pressure on it. It's like you, you're not like dying out from it, bleeding out from it yeah. or anything. But you see exposed flesh that looks and quite frankly feels very real. Did, sorry, did um, did Egrin take a, a wound from that, or was it just a guard? Guard. Guard, okay. Because I can heal wounds. I can't heal oh. a guard. But I, can heal I bet that the waters from that lake could heal, heal you up real quick. Honestly, yeah, that, that sounds good to me. Ned, for our purposes, you can use your healing abilities on this. Oh, okay. Oh, let me let me take a let me take a look at that. Yeah, that was uh, I forgot. Kelly, yes, also took a strike, and I think at once uh, Egrin mentions it, that like the adrenaline is wearing off a little bit, and all of a sudden she's like, "Yeah, my back is stinging. Can someone can someone like take a look to Pinkus, something? Go, go lick. You want Pinkus to lick your you lick, lick the back, Kelly? Oh, that's like <laughs> so nice of Pinkus. Um, I'm good." Okay. Uh, maybe I'll just wait till we get to like the lake and stuff and see what we okay. can do there. But oh, okay. so nice of Vingus. Thank you so much, Vingus. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, above game. I can't remember if we, because I know we talked about it after the show. Did I already say that my character's in character oh. name is Ingrin or Ingrin? Uh, yeah, why don't we do a little bit of that real quick? Um, Drac, what uh, in character name? What's your uh, in world name? Yeah, so I think. After experiencing or seeing themselves, they think they need a much cooler name. Just Enoch is kind of boring for this suave yet maybe weird lich skeleton thing going on. So he's going with Igrin Delmont as their name. So cool. I think that's also the name of someone who can handle turning to their shoulder and seeing a large gaping wound. Right. Yeah. And feeling the ability to shake it off despite the pain. We have Kelly with an eye, we have Viper. Jay, are you are you sticking with Jay? Are you, you going to go by something else in this fantastical realm? Is, uh, just a quick question. These Paragon names that we take, is this like something like NPCs will like kind of intuitively know us as? Or is like, is this just our in-character name that we've chosen for ourselves? Uh, we'll kind of see when you guys meet some NPCs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like if they're NPCs that we've met before, these are new characters. So they might not know us. I don't mm. know. That is a good. This, so these are new characters once you played as kids, but you don't know to what extent they 
people you are inhabiting now have some pre-established backstory or if they are mm. truly new to this realm. Mm. Okay. I'm going to say Jay is very focused on why he's old. Um, so his, his paragon name is Jayamal. Uh, nobody, I guess, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. Jayamal. Hell yeah. Uh, and Ned. I am... I am Cass the Seer. Of a name separated by a comma. Oh, yeah. And then do we know if Danny has an alternate name or do we not know yet? Or uh, You don't know. Big doofus. <laughs> Big <Nice>. doofus. <laughs> um, Got his ass. <laughs> you tell him. Got him. Game, game over, man. Game over. When we see him, that's what we're going to call him. <laughs> Big doofus. Big doofus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we all commit to saying big doofus what's he gonna do yeah five against true. one you can't stop it yeah Cass you run your hand over Igrin's shoulder and you feel the sinew begin to close back over top of each other Ooh. what Cass as you do this what are you feeling in that moment as you kind of see your touch and your power begin to reverse something so like devastating and painful I mean I, I feel like I'm I'm coming to terms with this this is this is what the game this this is what the theater of the mind would be doing if we were sitting around the table playing a game it's, but it's it's real and I can I can feel the, the the power that I have that I'm like these wounds would would close on their own but I'm accelerating that process I'm taking what's inevitable and harnessing it myself you see up in the corner you feel a tinkling of bells tinkling of chimes as you see fate kind of lazing on a nearby tree branch with a pocket watch in its hand slowly winding the time slightly forward as you feel the wound close beneath your hand and fate stop the watch for a moment and put it back into their pocket it kind of looks over at you waggles a finger and from all around you in your head you hear Still not surprised, man. <laughs> There's still time in the day. You're running out. And it falls backwards and disappears before it hits the ground. Could I add some flavor to that as well, to the yeah. um, healing process? I think uh, maybe Cass doesn't really understand it. Maybe fate is fully aware of it, but I think there is some resistance to it as well. Like you feel like it Ooh. should be easier if we to pull this inevitability, this fate closer in time, but there seems to be something almost like it doesn't enjoy or like the fact that you're doing this to them. Um Interesting. And Igrin. Igrin himself is obviously like, yes, please heal it, but there's just something else going on that seems like they're pushing back at this gift from a mm. codbinder. Huh. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. You guys start walking through the forest. 
Um, you guys heading to uh, Flitter Lake Village? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As we as we walk, we're we're through the forest. I'd like to be like dancing, kind of from tree top to tree top. Maybe like Bingus <laughs> and I, like racing <laughs> through the trees, Absolutely. kind Piper, of ahead Bingus? of everyone. I'm just like so luckily, like every step I take, just like perf- lands on the perfect like branch <laughs> to, to walk on. Go ahead and uh, roll me a either charisma or dexterity. You can choose. Okay, I'll roll my dexterity. Okay. Uh, and I'd like to add my dice. Yeah, absolutely, you can add your full <laughs> to dice. it. Okay, great. Because this is, seems like a very foolish thing to do. Uh, I did not again get one of the circles, but I I got two threes and two twos. Two threes and two twos. Uh, so no successes. Oh God. Um, no. So you, uh, <laughs> Viper, you kind of like acrobatically fly into a tree. As you do, Bingus flies up next to you and kind of like pause the ground or pause the tree as if like saying like yo let's race <laughs> it jumps forward. you fly forward and as you go to grab something you grab onto a thing flip in the air bingus kind of like side checks you and you crash to the ground <laughs> bingus. bingus is vicious bingus. i look up as i look up as from the like Sprawled on the ground, with the wind knocked out of me as Bingus like chitters down from the tree. Like, <laughs> there's like, fuck you, squirrel. <laughs> and then I get up and like dust myself off and like look at everyone, like don't say shit, and then <laughs> and then start walking. Bingus got you good. I think that's all. <laughs> from what I heard, there were no rules discussed, so I, I don't think Bingus did anything wrong there. It's true, it's true. Good, good one, Bingus. Bingus uh, flies down, and as it's uh, heading towards Jaimal's shoulder, it kind of like takes a quick break on your head to just like tap you on the head, and it like kind of like a tag your it type thing, boop, and then flies onto Jaimal's shoulder. The eighties are over, and you're not kids anymore. Now is a much darker time. Something happened to you, and you got touched by the weird, and it made you wild, and it made you powerful. This is the world of The Lost Bay, a suburban gothic RPG. A fever dream set in 1990X and inspired in equal parts by dark fantasy, horror classics, and the 90s indie culture. After years of development, and thanks to the feedback and support of a community of early enthusiasts, The Lost Bay is coming to Kickstarter, featuring a full rulebook and complete setting designed by Eco, kick-ass art by Evangeline Gallagher, killer maps by Strega Wolf Vandenberg, and six additional modules by some of the coolest designers in the indie scene. So go to thelostbayrpg.com to be notified on launch. That's thelostbayrpg.com You guys begin to make your way west. You guys hit the banks of the Spitterdew River and begin to follow it south towards Flitter Lake Village. You know this isn't a very long walk. You very quickly realize you're nearer the edges of the forest Not only because you recognize this river and how wide it is getting, how close it must be to the mouth of the river into the lake, but you also know that those fallen were fairly, not weak, but but not as powerful as some you have heard of that live deeper in the forest. And you're pretty sure 
you were pretty close to the edges. You guys walk for a good hour or so, the moon's staying high above you. You know you're probably deep into midnight or maybe slightly past. Oh, wait. You've got till morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's 24 it's hours. Yeah, it's 24, it's 24 hours. hours. Okay. Starting from, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as, as midnight passes, you uh, hear a toll of a distant bell, and uh, fate comes down and goes. You, you have till morning. We didn't really make it okay. clear, but I just want to be Thank, fair. Pre- okay, appreciate Bye. that. <laughs> okay, Thank Bye. You. And every time fate's showing up, we're just seeing like the same owl that we saw before. Uh, yeah, you see this owl fly down and like chitter at uh, at um, Cass. <laughs> After an hour of walking, you hear a distant chime and you guys hear it. And it's a lot closer than you expect. And you kind of run forward and you see the forest breaking and you see it opening up. But much, much sooner than you would have expected, because you see the village off in the distance. But to your recollection, the forest went up right to the village line. As you come out of the forest, you see for a good quarter, half mile stumps of uprooted trees that have been seemingly pulled up whole hog from the roots. You see massive divots and holes, trunks that have been absolutely demolished by some kind of either large piece of machinery or some kind of large beast of some sort that has apparently grabbed a tree and pulled it directly out of the ground. Between here and the village, which you see the village off in the distance. There are plumes of smoke coming from like various different chimneys and things. You see this this village is still active and 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 there, but between here and there is a graveyard of former bits of the forest, and you walk through it and feel just a little bit uneasy about what this is and what this may mean, uh, because this village was always very careful about disturbing the forest. As you make it to uh, Flitter Lake Village, you see on your left are the banks of the massive uh, Flitter Lake namesake. And you see it is kind of sparkling and glimmering in this very fun, cutesy, fey way. You see little bits of ice, even though it's not quite cold enough out for it to be icy. There are little bits of ice just kind of floating along and little six-legged frogs that are like purple and green hopping back and forth between various bits of ice, kind of like surfing them in the waves. The ice frogs. Oh my God, you guys. Oh my god, yes! They're so cute! I haven't thought about this in 20 years. You see a giant dragonfly flies by, and the frog spits out two tongues, one a distraction tongue and one a real tongue, and the, the dragonfly all of a sudden goes, Oh, shit! And is pulled into its mouth. You guys make it to the village, and you see in front of you a number of small huts and houses. This is like a, a small farming village um, that you guys had discovered. It was kind of like one of your first towns that you saved way back when. You had saved it from like a number of wolves that had been attacking the area and you had fought like a few fallen that had found their ways out of the forests. But you see, it is a bit larger than when you had last seen it. It's probably extended maybe twice its size. Some time has passed since when you were last here. But you do see a familiar, very friendly looking tavern that seems to be kind of full to the brim with people. You see a bunch of people outside kind of drinking and uh, like passed out. There's a big bouncer at the front. 
Um, what is the what's the name of this tavern that you guys uh, <laughs> literally was the tavern you guys met in in your very first game? This is a land are of these, children. Yeah, these are all like immortal children here, like four hundred year old children that are like middle teenager age. They look like that, but they're all older. Yes, that's exactly it's what the land of middle schoolers. <laughs> awesome <laughs> yes. nightmare. Um, yeah, maybe the the tavern's called like Nightmares Rest or something, and it's got like a <laughs> yeah. like a horse, like a black horse with like red eyes on the on the sign. That's yeah, <laughs> Nightmares Rest. I like that. These moody eighth graders all came up. With <laughs> yeah. the the bartender definitely has like the emo swoop of hair oh, yeah. over their yeah. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Nightmares Rest. I love it. I love it. Um, you guys make your way to the Nightmare's Rest, and out front you see uh, this number of, uh, like, kids, like, all, like, 12, 13, 14, um, that seem to Sorry be, like... Sorry for making you describe drunk kids, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys are very aware. These are uh, old, if not ancient beings, but all of them are 13, 14, 15 looking. Um, all of them have big steins of what you initially think is chocolate milk, but as you walk past it, it smells like pure absinthe. Or it's, it's, this is like <laughs> moonshine <laughs> plus chocolate. Okay. Um, you walk past and you see there is a big bouncer out uh, the front of it. Just this kid still has like a 15-year-old face, but this is the kid that had like a massive growth spurt in middle school and yeah. is like 6'3". 320. He, he was scouted for college football teams in middle school. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> this big guy kind of stands in front of the door, looks at you and goes, Sorry, we're full! <laughs> you can maybe try oh, the mini by Tavern if you want. Um, it's, it's just that we could just like pop in super quick and get a drink to go and just like come sit out here so we're not taking up space no I don't think so you guys you guys are weird why do you look like that especially him what's up with him <laughs> and points right to uh, Jayamal and is like <laughs> what why are you so old what'd you do <laughs> what'd you do hey hey let's not be ageist here Jayamal starts crying oh. <laughs> oh look what you did you made him cry Buck up, soldier! Come on! What you- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot these. They were really they're, mean. Okay. They're so mean. <laughs> they're mean. They see right through us. You know exactly what we're insecure about. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! They're gonna giggle behind our backs as soon as we walk away. I bet. <laughs> um, I have a trip to clown school ability. Yeah, it, we can use those, right? It's yeah. called Oh, ignore that fool. So add a, I can add a cross to your dice to make someone drastically underestimate or ignore the fool in a situation when they really shouldn't. Okay. So Ooh. I'd like to just, like, distract this guard to slip behind him or, like, just have them ign- totally ignore me as I slip behind them into the tavern. Yeah, you, uh, the guard kind of is, like, looking at everybody and going, Sorry, guys, you can't come in. Like, we're full to capacity. And also, I don't know. I, I usually know everyone that's coming in. Oh, hey, buddy. And opens the door and you just walk right in. <laughs> <laughs> um, all of you look as uh, Viper just is. Du- it, the person looks directly at them, addresses them not by name, but clearly, like, seems to recognize them, but doesn't. Uh, opens the door, lets them in. Wow. 
I look back over my shoulder and give you guys a wink and finger guns. <laughs> we're with as the door closes. We're with her. Yeah, we're with her. Yeah. What do you mean? I didn't. No, you. There's no way you're with her. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, trust me. As you find yourself inside of uh, what is it called? The Midnight's Respite. The Nightmares. Nightmares, Nightmares Rest. Rest. That's so much better than what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you find yourself in the Nightmares Rest, you see a raucous bar. It's like a two-story two tavern, um, ground floor, and there's like, you know, a railing around the outside. And between the railings, there are tightropes with bikes that you can ride. There's like self-balancing, you know, science fair bikes <laughs> that you can, that people are like riding across. There's like swings and shit in here. And all these people are just going kind of like nuts. You see the bartender behind the bar is pouring these like massive steins of spiked chocolate milk and stuff um, but you also see like I don't know how much I should illustrate like kids smoking cigars stuff, yeah. that's what I want oh, it to be fine. listen if there are hundred anyone listening these are not kids they look like kids they look like kids. they just they look like they, they they look and act like kids but they're four, 400 it's years so, old so it's, it's just it's like fine. euphoria it's like euphoria <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, these are like Hollywood middle schoolers. They're all fine. Zendaya's like a full person. It's just the land of ancient middle schoolers. It's fine. You see behind the bar, the bartender looks at one of the kids and goes, wait a minute, I don't know. Can I see your ID? And the kid hands an ID and she looks at it and goes, all right, 402. (laughs) (laughs) You do see that though there are these like childlike looking people, flying around and, and, you know, having fun, you know, drinking and, and smoking and, and playing games. There are a number of non-children in this place. You see a group of elves off in a distant corner, very regal and, like, jaunt, uh, jaunt, jaunt, gaunt jaws. Gaunt? Gaunt jaws. <laughs> uh, very sharp features, very festively dressed, very beautiful. Each of them is, like, just, yeah, they're elves. And behind the bar... Uh, you see a couple of, of dwarves are, are walking around very jolly and like hanging with the kids. Um, that also seems weird. Oh, we, we made it weird. <laughs> They're you all adults. These are 400-year-old beings they, that yeah. just look like they're yeah. They were probably yeah. around during the beginning of the world. Yeah. So they really, they're the elders right. you should be respecting. So the fact that they're hanging out with dwarves who are younger but look like exactly. adults. Yeah. Did I just make it weird in a different way? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, we'll figure it out. We'll get there. The dwarves are babies. The dwarves are babies. They look dwarves. No. The dwarves are no. actually only 13. So you see uh, this group of dwarves, this group of elves. Um, there's a couple of like very regular, ordinary looking humans off in the corner. Everyone's kind of just merry and jolly and having a good time. And you see the bartender behind the bar who had carded this kid. You look and see it is a a small fairy, like a small like pixie type fairy, kind of floating about on these very sparkly wings, flying back and forth with steins of spiked chocolate milk, two and a half times her size, just passing them out with just biceps for days. Um, <laughs> and you see, looks very old for a fairy for a sprite. She has like large Coke bottle glasses, and you immediately recognize her. You see, this is uh, crepes. This is the fairy bartender that you first met that gave you guys your first job. She was the one who told you about 
the wolves that have been attacking the town, like a very classic, like first level adventure adventure. You guys had like become friends. She's kind of like wild and raucous and, and owns this bar and is one of the fairies in this village who are casting this kind of eternal youth spell around this village, allowing mm. everyone to stay young and free and vivacious. Mm. She looks over to you and kind of like gives you a nod. Hey, stranger, what's uh, what's your poison? Oh, hey, uh, I'll take one of those chocolate milks and um, a seat by uh, a window. I'd like to open the window and like let everyone sneak in or find like a back door or something. Sure. To to open to let everyone in. I'll say uh, go ahead and roll me a either like a charisma or I'll let you I'll let you roll a charisma check with your full die. Okay, I'll I'll roll charisma with my full die added. Right. Yeah. Why not? Okay, I have a cross now on my full die, so something which means if I roll it, something bad happens. Oh no. Okay, I rolled on my fool die, I rolled a circle and a one, and then I rolled one four and two twos. Okay. Not a lot of successes. But what happens now if I roll the circle, then I erase it and I add a cross to it? Yeah, when you rolled your, your d6, it has special results. Okay, so circle. Describe the fluke of luck that benefits you. The GM can then choose to modify it. The more advantageous you make it, the more they'll likely tweak it. Then erase all but one circle and add a cross to a different face. Ooh, okay. So... As you do that, you see um, Crepes kind of looks at you, pulls out a stein of chocolate milk from the tap. Uh, it lands in front of you, very ice cold, condensation dripping down the side. Well, uh, you know, it's going to be, you have to figure out your own spot. It's pretty pretty full in here, but I'm sure you can talk to some of these folks over there. And you see she points over towards the group of elves who's sitting by, like, the big bay windows overlooking the front of the, overlooking the front where your friends are. As you kind of walk over there uh, with your stein in hand, you see all of the elves turn and regard you. Um, go ahead and roll me a, a wisdom check for me. Okay. That's a six and a four. Success is in a special. You walk forward. I think Anna was used to people moving out of her way because she was like just a bigger woman. She kind of like forced her way through crowds with anger and just like sheer momentum mm-hmm. you move through and people instinctively part for you they notice you they see you and they just kind of move out of your way oh excuse me excuse me excuse me in a way that the path just kind of opens up for you and as these elves kind of look over and regard you you see they're normally like elves don't have very expressive faces but you see their eyes kind of one eyebrow goes up kind of on each of them these people are all looking at you and they're like oh shit um, oh, hi. <laughs> and I think Viper this is the first time you're probably feeling it in some time there's a whole group of the hottest people in the bar looking at you with curiosity and wonder I give a jaunty half smile and walk over with the steins uh, while gesturing to the fairy bartender like that I'd like a round for the elves at the table and then I go over and say Hey, how's how's it going? You mind if I sit sit here? No, no, not at all. Why don't you sit by me? And they, they all kind of like move. Uh, but you see this one woman kind of pushes uh, her buddy to the side. She just goes, excuse me, Aldrich. <laughs> pushes him to the side. And you sit down next to this very fair-haired uh, elven woman with like long blonde hair that like goes down and is cut off at this very like 
uh, sharp angle. And she kind of leans over and looks at you. She's got two steins of this chocolate milk in front of her. Oh, and uh, I haven't seen you around here before. What's what's your name? Name's Viper. Mm. And uh, it's a little stuffy in here. And I'm just going to lean over and like crack open the window and c- try and kind of like peek around or something to see if I can see my friends, if they can see the, the window is open. You crack open the window and this woman looks at you and goes, oh, let me help you with that. And she pushes it open fully and just like airs it out. She opens the blind, the blind, the uh, the <laughs> curtains flutter out and you guys immediately see this open window as the guard is looking at you guys going, sorry, I don't know what I can do. I can't help you. <laughs> you we gotta wait okay. for four people to come out and then you can go in. I think that uh, Kelly... It, upon being heard, like, no, you can't go in there, immediately reverted to her, like, uh, klepto days and starts looking for, like, a second <laughs> access where she's like, well, we can't go in this door, but we can go in. So what, how are we going to get there? And spots, yes, the window opening. You spot the window opening. And I'll say with a with a five and a six, as the window slams open, one of the curtains actually detaches and flies out, lands directly in the face of the guard who goes, <laughs> ah, shit, what is it? What is this? Me. I don't. I don't like the dark. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't like the dark. <laughs> I'm a daytime bouncer only. <laughs> and you guys uh, easily make it in. So the 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 thing that would move the story forward here would be to follow this path that that has been opened up. Go with my friends in into this uh, th- this other. Uh, this window, where the this door is closed, the window is opened. However, I need to do something surprising. <laughs> <laughs> so I let my friends go into the window. I very gingerly help the, uh, the bouncer remove the curtain from his face. And I get up right, right close to him. Uh, he's much taller than me. But I, I, I bring my, my face up as close to his as I can, and I say, I, I'll be coming in the front door. Roll me. I don't know. You tell me. What, what, what do you think you should roll here? Do you want to do a strength check to try to, like, intimidate him? Do you want to do a charisma to kind of... I don't know. You, you, you tell me. Uh, I'll let you add your um, D12 as well. Can it be... Hmm... Yeah, I think I think it it seems like it's charisma. I'm trying to and I don't have a very good charisma, but I'll take the god die and that'll help a little bit. Um I'll say difficulty of this is going to be 0. So you just got to get a success. I I rolled a 12. Oh wow. <laughs> Fight this kid. <laughs> As you rip off the curtain for him, you fling it up in the air. You see he rears back as if to punch you and landing on his hand perfectly folded is the curtain. (laughs) He looks at it, looks at you. You keep your stony face as if you had anticipated this entirely the whole time. Ah. Yeah, man. No, no problem. No problem. And he holding this perfectly folded hospital corners curtain he just kind of moves to the side and opens the door for you. Looking at this curtain being like, what the fuck was that? The f- the- 
fucking shit. <laughs> uh, and lets you in the door. As the door closes behind you, you see up on one of the bicycles, you see Fate kind of riding <laughs> on the bicycle. On the bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> Owl riding a bicycle. He looks down at you and he holds in his hand a a like hanging scale. So like coming down from a chain is like a bobble and on either side of it is like ends of a scale. You see the scale was tilted to one side and it flink, centers again as he puts it in his pocket and just kind of gives you a small little nod. All right. I nod back. <laughs> he again falls backwards and disappears before he hits the ground. Inside the tavern, a bunch more uh, drinks are delivered to this table, initially for all these elves, but all of your friends grab them instead. <laughs> uh, because luckily enough, there were only three elves, but for some reason she brought over four steins, uh, which is just enough for your friends. <laughs> I take a huge drink of mine. Ooh, wow. And she kind of takes hers and kind of mimics you a little bit, but kind of can't, she kind of like coughs midway through and, you know, forces <laughs> it down, but try, you know, wipes her mouth, tries to look cool and goes, I'm Silvera. It's uh, good to meet. What what brings you about here? I haven't seen you folks around, and you look interesting for these parts. We're uh, we're just a, a group of helpful, helpful folk. We love this town. We come here, you know, it's great. Have a swim in the lake, eat some six-legged frogs, hang out with these fun ancient kids. That's exactly why we come here. We love the, the ice frogs. They're very fun. They're a delicacy, you know. Yeah, we're um, also, we're looking for a, for a friend of ours. Um, hmm, a friend? What kind of friend? Uh, his name is Danny. Mm. And Sounds he's cute. a platonic friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, the, woman, the woman turns directly to Viper and goes, hmm, that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> And like slowly breaks eye contact to turn back to the rest of you. What does uh, this friend look like? Maybe we can help you out. Like a big doofus. <laughs> he has a long, uh, longish hair. Uh, kind of, I'm kind of classic wizard. He's got a long blue cloak with gold in it. That's mm. what Danny was wearing, I think, right? Yeah, blue cloak, gold and silver and stuff. He looked kind of like us. So not like an ancient child. Um, He's a man. He's an adult man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm. I look like an adult man. No, I think it's like there are some adult men here, but they just like yes. look like kids. Our right. look, looks like and is an adult man. Yeah, yes. an adult like human man. Yes. yes, yes, a human man. A human adult man. Well, there's not a lot of humans around here except for him, and. She points over and you follow her finger over to a stage which had been darkened and all of a sudden a spotlight, the lights go out, a spotlight <laughs> illuminates a piano. Oh my God. Amazing. And you hear the tinkling of keys starting off as this small, slow song. <laughs> and you feel like an electric sustain pedal hitting that last key that just goes... <laughs> 
they raise their hands bam, 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 and all of a sudden <laughs> lights and spectacle go all around you as this like crazy edm piano mix hits you <laughs> oh my god wow let's go the person out of character i'm very much looking forward to hearing the music you have you see the piano on the stage begins to rotate as this person stands up like fucking Elton John at the piano. It's just like standing, like playing with their heels as well, jamming all to all to hell. Just bah, 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 bah. As the piano turns around, you see the dark flashes as all of a sudden the lights go down and a single spotlight illuminates <laughs> their face I and you see Jay. Oh, never mind. Oh, thought Jay, for sure it was going to be Brett. You look and you see a perfect image of yourself jamming and having the time of their life playing this music. The whole crowd is going absolutely nuts for this person. It's very much like Brett's style of music. It's EDM, but like actually good and shit. They're just fucking jamming. (laughs) If you combine Brett's type of music with your just raw talent, that's what we would have gotten here. They hit that final note. And they just kind of like stand up and go, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Jaimo, can you go ahead and roll me a wisdom check? Sure. I'd like to reach over and touch uh, Jaimo's face just to make sure that he's like actually sitting next to me. (gasps) You touch some very, very loose skin. (laughs) It might peel off if you do that again. Please don't. <laughs> so soft, but in a bad way. <laughs> don't touch me. <laughs> Uh-oh. That's a one and a three. <gasps> one and a three. Oh, um, so no. in general, if you roll a, a dice pool and the, you have no successes and a one, that's a critical failure. Um, oh. So in this moment, uh, Jaimal, you don't notice something that you maybe should have as this person scans the crowd and then sits back down at the piano and begins to play some kind of more just standard jams that is just kind of like now the background music of the bar now sitting behind the piano partially obscured by its its large large ass Brett's music's better <laughs> so it's Jaimo's in Jaimo we know from our world yeah, you see a perfect replication of Jaimal from Earth that you saw just before oh. you came here. Um, dressed up in like full-on fantasy garb, looking fucking good. Just like dressed very stylishly. Got this like weird ascot, but somehow is like really pulling it off. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a vibe. Uh, but they're jamming and having a good time behind this and seem to be being regarded by everyone in here incredibly positively. Every note that they're playing, most of the people have their eyes on the piano and on this performer as they're just kind of rocking it. Can I make some kind of a check to see if I think this is Danny, like, pulling a trick on us or something? Yeah, go ahead and roll, I'll say, an intelligence check. Mm. That's a four and a three. You aren't entirely sure. Uh, I'll say with just one success. Mm -hmm. You... This person doesn't look like you see like people running up to them and like touching them, patting them on the back. So it's not 
a hologram or like a, a full illusion. And they're not like glancing over at us, trying to be like, hi, do, do you see me? Do you see me? Um, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> you know what? You're right. We'll give you, I'll say with a with one success, you do see them glance over and they clock Jayamal and kind of their eyes linger for a moment as they're scanning the crowd and then continue scanning. You see their expression drop for a moment as they make eye contact and then continue on with what they're doing. Uh, so definitely recognizes Jayamal. Jayamal, that, that's you. That's you or you're not Jayamal. So what's happening here? Jayamal's like sipping the chocolate milk and goes, <sighs> Needs more butterscotch? <laughs> so old. I'm me. What do you mean? Who's me? Uh, and I think Jayamal finally like looks up and clocks that the other one and goes, Oh my god. I look good in an ascot. <laughs> you do look good in an ascot. You do look good in an ascot, yeah. yeah. It's true. No arguments you, here. You, you see one of the one of the elves next to you goes, You would not look good in an ascot, honey. <laughs> no, no, God, that's Oh my gosh, I'm out. Don't even listen. You would look so good in an ascot. Thank so good. you, Kelly. Thank you. Do I? Should I go say hello? I, I, yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know really. Maybe wait for a break in the performance. I shouldn't go up now. No, let's wait and do it sort of like low key. Like, I don't know if we want the whole bar watching a parent trap moment. Maybe we can sneak backstage and, and interrogate this guy and see what he's doing with your face, man. He's yeah. stealing your deal. That is my deal. Um, so, Vera, does, does this guy perform here often? Oh, yeah, this guy's... He's the tits, okay? He's just great. <laughs> I mean, he's been playing here long as we've been coming here. And I, I swear to God, that. he looks better and better every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. I mean, it's kind of a Benjamin Button town, so I think you get, you look better and better. I'm sorry, Benjamin Button? I don't get that reference. (laughs) Oh, he's a tinker. He's a gnomish tinker in a couple towns, uh, a couple towns over. Oh, cool. (laughs) Really good at making things look really pretty, doing like finishing work, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. He practices like restorative magic. You see, Silvera kind of just like fully ignores Kelly and is just keeping <laughs> their eyes focused on Viper. She's like, "Oh yeah, interesting, interesting." <laughs> um, yeah, I've actually never seen that tanker, but I've you know I've I've seen his promotional material. <laughs> like an idea yeah. about like what he does, and you get the tanker I get, reference. I get the reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'd Viper would like to. Uh, hey, so Silvania, Silvera, Silvera. Sorry, oh, I'm not fine. good at names. I love the way you say it. Thanks, Silvera. Uh, how about um, you and me maybe go check out backstage? If that's okay with the group, I'd like to infiltrate again the backstage and wait for this giant mall back there. Kind of like eyes the rest of her party and goes, "I'd love to go backstage with you. Let's." You make. I've never been backstage before, and all of her friends are like, "She's been backstage before. She knows what." (laughs) (laughs) And so I'd like to like just with the friends watching, like, so they know where I'm going to kind of 
you guys can follow if you want, I guess, or just lurk uh, outside. Do you want Bingus to go with you? Yeah, perfect. Bingus, uh, go do, go be Bingus over there. Silvera, check this out. <laughs> uh, Viper, Bingus lands on your shoulders, and Silvera kind of glance, like recoils a bit, like clearly disgusted, but then kind of goes, oh, so cute. <laughs> like, gives it a pet, Bingus kind of like curls into her arm, and she's just kind of like, oh, okay, I'll deal with this to... <laughs> um, Metal squirrel. Jaimal, <laughs> um, I'll say because you consumed a piece of fair gold, you uh, on your spectacles, you see Bingus's eyes kind of rotate and like nictate open, like the lens of a camera, and you all of a sudden have a heads up partial display of looking through Bingus's eyes. Oh, so cool. cool. You see, you also see a little like uh, narration at the top of Bingus's thoughts, and it's just him going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm reading the narration out loud to the entire table I, I don't know what we're meant to be getting from this narration um, <laughs> it's also it, it is very sporadic because it goes eh, wow look at that woman wow what's that thing mm, I'm hungry wow <laughs> I also like to think that uh, Jai Mom maybe didn't even tell us what exactly he's narrating so part of us <laughs> yeah. is like is this are you just muttering? Just, he's got Are you okay? really Are you senile. senile? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'd like to head backstage with so, so sorry, I can't remember the name. Sylvania. So, uh, Silvera. <laughs> Silvera. That's Silvania. your you have to keep getting it wrong. Yeah, you have to you, keep saying different names. Usually. You are like <laughs> accidentally nagging this woman and she is loving it. <laughs> She's all about it. That's what happens when you roll uh, two successes and one of them is special. You uh, walk into the back of this area. You see crepes kind of like gives you the head nod as you pass back, um, press the button and like the cloth kind of like parts and you're in this kind of backstage area. Through the curtains, you can see this Jaimal, this version of Jaimal playing the piano. It's clearly like getting towards the end of a set. And so Vera kind of looks at you and like cozies up. And it's like, oh, uh, so what a... Uh, What'd you have in mind? I I just stretch and like uh, put my arm around her and then send Bingus kind of gesture to Bingus to like go up and approach the the J on stage. I don't know if I can control Bingus like that, but if but I kind of gesture like that's where I want him to go. You stretch your arm out and Bingus runs down your arm as it goes like behind uh, Silvera. She kind of like shivers as it goes behind her tucking herself into you and then Bingus flies off through the curtain out and like grabs onto the curtain outside the stage is looking down at Jay. Jaimal go ahead and roll me a intelligence check I'll say you can add your Neo die as you're like looking down through Bingus's eyes. Okay. Squirrel valence. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah okay I got a one one four and a five. Two successes. You see on your heads-up display on your spectacles, it kind of maximizes the screen. You see a little bloop, red recording dot, and then Bingus just his head starts to just rotate at a constant <laughs> motion. <laughs> <laughs> you see this version of you, Jay, sitting at the piano. You look down, and Bingus starts like zooming in on various parts of his your body, and you see the familiar scar you got on one of your hands from like a basketball injury you see 
the way he is playing, like you recognize the suppleness of your fingers. You see as he turns, you can see the very familiar smile that you practice sometimes in the mirror. What else does Jay see in this perfect facsimile of himself? He sees like the uh, the way he's like playing the keys. Like uh, he can like see the pain from the years of playing basketball, like the arthritis in his fingers, uh, making each keystroke uh, like painful. Like I can tell tell why like there's hesitation in each keystroke. It's like the pain from the years of playing basketball, like the arthritis in his hands, uh, pedals of the of the piano. Like mm-hmm. he has to like move his knee in a certain way because of like past like knee pain and stuff and uh also uh what else would he he see he's like and he's wearing like i guess fantastical clothing and stuff Mm -hmm. he uh can kind of see through his like loose fitting like loose fitting clothing that uh his arms are a bit smaller than they, they they should be like still looks great uh obviously but uh, his his arms looking a little bit skinny, like he hasn't been hitting the gym as much. Mm. As you notice, like the kind of like open, uh, he has like a kind of like a like a tuxedo, like a three quarters length tuxedo coat that's just no shirt on underneath and it's just like flowing open. Um, <laughs> you know what? Cut off sleeves too. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Uh, Incredible. And an ascot. You know, I don't know what color the ascot is, but somehow it works. Looks good in an ascot. Every time like, you hear you hear like people on, on the front coming like, I don't, they're, they're, they're like a bunch of groupies wearing ascots. They're like, I don't know how he does this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, you see those almost arthritic fingers from hours and hours of dribbling and drills and practice and jamming your finger when a ball gets past you by someone who's not as good as you. And you see those muscles that have somewhat deteriorated a little bit from lack of exercise. As he begins to play and he continues to play, he hits one of those last notes. You see him stretch out his hand and kind of like shake it off, almost like shaking off the pain a little bit. And as his hands settle back, on the keys, you see that arthritic movement that was so familiar to you has vanished. And you see where he had tried to stretch out his pinky to hit a note before and wasn't able to. As he flicks his wrist, he goes to hit that same note again and nails it and almost overextends it. You look down as he lands this last note and stands up and gives a final bow. Those biceps that had seemed a little bit anemic and scrawny have just like the small hint of like a vein on them and are just a little bit thicker than they were before. Still not your body, still not the size and physicality of you, but closer. Uh, and he, he notices that he has a Pokemon uh, tattoo that Jay doesn't have. Whoa. <laughs> oh, what, what Pokemon is yeah. that? Yeah. It's, uh, it's a Squirtle with sunglasses on. Oh, yes. Squirtle so good. Is that a Pokemon that Jay would have liked? Like, was yeah. that Jay's starter Pokemon? That was Jay's favorite Pokemon. <sighs> Hell Great yeah. Choice. Squirtle with shades. Jay takes a bow. You see, like, coins and things kind of litter the stage in, like, a tips way. A bunch of people are setting up drinks that have now lined up on the top of the piano. He grabs one of them at random. You see uh, a small person in the audience just passes out from excitement that they grabbed their drink. <laughs> And Jay goes backstage and is immediately met with Viper 
and Silvera. Very cozy and cuddly. Silvera is like really kind of getting up in it and is like looking at you. And Jay walks back and goes, What's uh what's all this? Hey, hi, good to meet you. Hey. Hi, what do you uh, it's kind of my uh, staging area. What's what's up? Yeah, uh big fan. Also, what the fuck are you doing in my friend's body? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean your friend's body? I mean, you look uh, you look like my friend Jay, but I know he never got that squirtle tattoo. He he wanted he debated for years, but he never got it. Kind of looks down and and, and like pulls his um, cloak kind of closed over this tattoo and goes over to start like mixing himself a drink. You see him like pouring various liquors and spirits and putting ice and like starts shaking a drink. Um, his back to you and just kind of going, "Well, I don't know what you're going on about. This is me, uh, and you're kind of in my space. So maybe cool it on the on the spiked milk, okay?" And, you know, fans can wait outside. I do uh, autographs at the end of the night. So, if, you know, you and your friend here want to wait for an autograph, that's totally fine. I'm, I'm happy to, you know, sign something for you. <laughs> uh, I want to do something. I'll do something foolish and crazy. Nice. I'll knock the drink out of his hand Ooh. and get kind of aggro you knew nathan has played with me before yeah. he knows it's only a matter of time before i just attack someone so i'd like to <laughs> knock the drink out of his hand and uh and grab his throat and like and uh, go uh sorry Silvira. we'll get back to this later and then knock the drink out of his hand uh grab his throat and just or his lapels and just try to interrogate him i'm like you better tell me i want to know two things where'd you get this body and uh, have you seen an old, an uh, older, a uh, normal human man around with long hair and a clo- and a long gold and blue and uh, silver cloak? Go ahead and uh, just just roll your full dice. Okay, that's this is going to be kind of a, a luck check. Okay, that's a four. And is that a circle or an X or just a four? It's just a four. As you spin this person around, grab onto their lapels you see a flash of anger in their eyes, but this is not anger of someone being grabbed and handled in a way they don't want. This is something much deeper than that. You see a flash of literal red that goes from their eyes and almost echoes out of it, and as they open their mouth, you see a small smile. That anger kind of dissipates, their eyes return to normal, and a small smile creeps up their mouth, and they go, Oh, honey. No, no, no. That's not how I play. And you see their fangs distend. And as you're holding on to their body, they reach for it, grab onto your head, and move to bite you. This season of My First Dungeon is produced by Brian Flaherty and Elliot Davis. Editing and sound design by Brian Flaherty. Original theme song and character themes by Behold. This episode features the voice talents of Draconix as Enoch, Carolyn Page as Anna, Abby Hepworth as Kelly, 
Chanute Sarah as Jayamal, Nathan Yaffe as Ned, and Brian Flaherty as Danny and everyone else. Die, the role-playing game, was created by Kieran Gillen and Stephanie Hans and published by Rowan Rook and Deckard. You can find My First Dungeon online at My First Dungeon on Twitter. And if you like the show, the very best thing you can do is open up your podcast player right now, click follow, and leave us a review. And if you want to play Die yourself, the core rulebook is now available at rowanrookanddeckard.com or at your friendly neighborhood gaming store. That's all for this episode. And as always, remember, if you're having fun, you're already doing it right. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Hey all, it's Brian. Real quick before you go, if you like this show and you want to support more great seasons, you should head on over to patreon.com slash myfirstdungeonpod and jump into the dice pool. That's the name of our one and only Patreon tier that's just $5, where you'll get additional actual plays and extended talkbacks each and every month. We'll see you there. Splash! You like us! You really like us! At least... I assume that you do, as you've listened to every minute of this episode. And yet you haven't already left us a five-star review? Ugh. Well, what are you waiting for? Get over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave that review now. It's always wonderful to hear words from our adoring fans. Getting more ratings helps people find the show and love it as well. And we love to hear your nice words. So head over to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave us that five-star review. Ta-ta!